Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Okay, it is episode 53 for the love of the game, powered by Overtime Media. Let's rock. Chat, chat, money, money. Got me in my feelings. Gotta be real with Yep. Kiki, do you love me? Are you riding? Say you never ever leave from beside me. Cause I want you and I need you. All right, all right, all right. It's ATH back in the studio, back behind the mic. What is happening, everybody? Quick turnaround from when episode 52 dropped, but now that I'm with Overtime Media, this is going to be more of the norm. You're going to get a lot more content from me. Uh, It's going to be a way more regular thing than it was previously. Tonight's episode is going to be a special one-off episode. As the sports calendar is in a bit of a standstill, the NFL had a week of preseason games Even though I had my fantasy draft last night, I'm still not really ready to get into it and talk about the NFL in depth. I'm still in summer mode, and I want it to stay that way for as much as possible. I do think I will be, uh, after this episode, be talking a lot more NFL coming soon. But for right now, we're holding off as long as possible. Baseball season, it's in the thick of things. The Yankees are rolling, and the Mets are in a real playoff race, a real playoff threat. But in terms of new news, there's nothing really new going on. It's just uh, we're waiting to see what happens with the results of the games. Uh, The NBA is at a complete standstill. So this is the perfect opportunity for this one-off episode tonight. Two quick sports thoughts, though. One, it's been reported that Cowboys QB Dak Prescott turned down a $30 million a year offer from the Dallas Cowboys and wants $40 million a year. Dak Besides for Dallas, who's even willing to pay you $25 million a year? You're at best, at best, the 15th best QB in the league. No one is paying him that kind of money outside of Dallas. Now, I understand that each contract year resets the market. I know the cap is rising, so the raw number won't look as bad a year from now or two years from now. But still, Dak is really not that good. And paying him that amount of money to me is a mistake because it will impact somewhere and someone else on the Dallas roster. That's a pretty good roster. Now, as a Giants fan, I hope that Jerry Jones pays Dak because in the long run, it's going to hurt the Cowboys. Can you win with a quarterback like Dak Prescott? Yeah, sure. I mean, he's good. He's definitely more than serviceable. But for me, I'm not paying a guy... Top-level dollar, $40 million a year, even $30 million a year type money to just be a guy who can win. Like, you have to go out and actually be a difference maker and be able to single-handedly win a game by yourself and playoff games. And Dak Prescott cannot do that. There are about so many other dudes that I would take over Dak Prescott, but hey, we'll see what happens Uh, Second topic, so last week in episode 52, I talked about the NCAA rule that agents needed a bachelor's degree to be certified and how the, uh, the social justice warriors got mad about it. Rich Paul, who the rule was apparently targeting, uh, got mad. LeBron got mad on Twitter as well. Well, the NCAA reversed the rule entirely. So a few things on this. One, I was neither for the rule nor against the rule. There are good and bad agents out there that have degrees. You know, 
there are shady characters everywhere in the agent game. For example, guys like Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan, Adrian Peterson have been taken advantage of and lost a tremendous amount of money to uh, agents who've had degrees. There are for sure good agents out there, such as Rich Paul, that don't have degrees. And there are definitely shady characters without degrees who are trying to get in the game. So if the NCAA said that this rule was the best possible thing in terms of policing it, I take them as a, at their word, and, and I'm not an NCAA apologist by any means, but I take it as their word. But to have to then reverse course because uh, of, you know, a little bit of Twitter uproar, because LeBron James like an idiot tweets that you can't stop this culture, it's about the culture, like, get out of here. Stop being so soft. Whether you agree with the rule or not, that's your own prerogative, and whatever, I'm ambivalent, but... To think that this rule, again, was about Rich Paul was a joke, and to think that this rule was racist, well, if you think this rule was a racist rule, you're an even bigger idiot than than anybody else because, I mean, it, either you're just so entrenched in everything being a racist issue or you're just blind and stupid. Either one of those three things, and that's really all I have to say about the rule. NCAA, make up your mind. Whatever you want to do, do it, but in no way or shape or form was this a race issue. All right, so now that that's done, you're all wondering, what does this episode have to do with being a one-off episode? What do we have in store for tonight? Why is tonight going to be so unique? Well, here we go. People are always telling me, you know, Aaron, you're so smart when it comes to sports. You're so informed. You're so articulate when it comes to analyzing and giving opinions about the game. Why not branch out a little bit? And to that I answer because sports are my passion. Obviously, I love talking about it. I know the most about it. And I want to basically stay in my lane for the most part. But today's the exception to the to that rule where I talk about something completely different and it's not going to be politics. There's too much bad political talk out there. I have my own opinions. If anybody wants to talk to me about it, I'm happy to talk about it, but we're not doing that here. We're going to leave that to somebody else. But there's another type of game and that's the game of love. So what are we getting into tonight? We're talking tonight about Bachelor in Paradise, deep dive on what's going on this season. What a television program this is. Tonight is for the ladies, and I know, fellas, you're out there too who watch it and enjoy it. No shame in that. So we're talking Bachelor in Paradise with a very special guest. For those who know, I'm a big fan of the Bachelor slash Bachelorette season. Coming off a season where Bachelorette Hannah Brown looked like an idiot and picking Jed at the end where she should have picked Peter. Yeah, that's right, Bachelor Nation. I'm talking about that she should have picked Peter, not runner-up Tyler, but whatever. So now we get to cleanse from that debacle. And now we get the pure joy of Bachelor in Paradise. Okay, I've been teasing it a little bit. I'm super excited to talk about Bachelor in Paradise with a very special guest, a friend of the program, even though she's not the biggest sports fan, but she's been waiting for this a long time. It's been a long time coming. 
Elisa Verstendig. Lizzie, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. I am so excited for this opportunity. I really have been waiting for forever for this moment. This is groundbreaking. You are my first female guest, and uh, I couldn't think of a better person to talk Bachelor in Paradise with, considering the sports calendar is at a little bit of a lull at the moment. We're three episodes in. What are your first impressions of this season? What comes to mind first? The viewers really need to know here is that Bachelor in Paradise is really the mecca. Like, the reason you watch Bachelor and Bachelorette is just to get to this moment. So I'm excited because they have all of the great characters from this past season, and they're bringing back all of these really old-school people also kind of mix it all up. So I think the producers really orchestrate the perfect shitstorm of people so that it's going to be the most dramatic, as Chris says, ever. And I think they're doing a great job even just week one. To me, Bachelor in Paradise is even a more unnatural way to find love than would be the Bachelor and Bachelorette. I mean, they just put people on a beach, booze flowing, and it's kind of a free-for-all in terms of like, you know, couple up, sample some some merchandise somewhere, do some taste testing, and then just drama and craziness and hilarity ensues, and that's why we love it so much. Yeah, I mean, it's like the greatest human experiment. You put a bunch of guys and a bunch of girls on a beach with alcohol, and you make them fight for each other. I mean, it's only going to be amazing. So, yeah, so some of the characters that jumped off the screen for you. Um, in a positive or a negative, because I have both of those. Both, because we're, we're going to get to a few of them. Uh, I'm sure you have a take on Blake, as do I, but one person in particular that needs to be talked about before we get into Blake is uh, is Cam. You're very passionate about Cam. Yes, I mean, he is certifiable. Like, the way he speaks, and especially the way you spoke about Caitlin. I imagine him living in his parents' basement, just clipping out pictures of the two of them and putting them on his wall. He really is like a nut job, and I'm actually concerned about like his mental health. Yeah, he he brought being extra, as they say, to like a whole new level. That poem that he wrote, he mm-hmm. knows Kalen one week. Like, relax, dude. And the only reason why she kissed him that first episode or the second episode was so that she can basically guarantee herself a rose to continue on, you know, and moving forward after her drama with Blake, which, again, we'll get into. Yeah, Cam Cam kind of freaks me out. And he was a little weird on Hannah's season of The Bachelorette. I mean, he came in hot with the rap. And I actually thought he was pretty good at the rap because to do that off the cuff like that is is really impressive. But, yeah, he he really scares me. Yeah, because the problem is, is that it's so obvious to everyone that Kalen's not interested. still believes that he thinks that they're getting engaged at the end of this. It's frightening. I mean, he needs to see the movie. He's just not that into you because, <laughs> yeah. because my God, it's it's really – it's really something else. So besides for Cam, who are the other, you know, characters that really jumped out, good and bad? I mean, Demi, obviously. She's just, she's the winner of all things Bachelor. I mean, when she walked in at her opening and she said, I'm Demi from Demi season of The Bachelor, like, that was it. Oh. Uh, won everyone over. Oh, uh, I, I love Demi, so we're going to get into Demi in a little bit, but basically I'm convinced that if Demi came over to me and propositioned me saying that, I'll ruin your life, but I'll give you five really good years. 
I might sign up for it because I love her. Interesting. Do you feel like you love her more than you love Christina? Well, no. We'll get into that too. <laughs> but okay. Okay, so we got so we got Demi. Uh, who else jumped off the page, or I should say, off the screen? I mean, jumped off the screen in a negative way would be Jane because who is Jane? No one knows who she was, <laughs> and no one still knows who she is because she left after night one yet again. Well, that was one of the funniest, you know, sequences. Obviously, she's trying to get a rose because the rose ceremony in Bachelor in Paradise is a free-for-all, especially when the guys, week one, had all the power. And she's feeding John Paul Jones, who is hilarious, by the way, and trying to, like, you know, butter him up, feed him a little bit, share a meal. And she loves spicy food. And when she gave him the spicy taco and it was too spicy for him that he ended up throwing up on the beach, talk about a backfire. Yeah, definitely not the sexiest moment, I think. No, throwing up on the beach is not what I would call an aphrodisiac. Yeah, but speaking of JPJ, I think that he might find his love with Kevin. I think that might be the real romance over there. Yeah, who knows? You know, stranger things have happened. It's true. Well, we know this season is definitely going to be very progressive, so you never know. You're, you're teasing the later the later segments here. So, who are your favorite guys so far on the on the uh, on the season? So, episode one, I really liked Dylan initially, and also I know because like everyone from Bachelor Nation has been saying that he is so funny, and everyone just has to get to know him, and he was really sweet. But as time goes on, which I'm sure we'll get into, I kind of not so into him anymore. I love Chris Bukowski. I love that he came back. It's his sixth time. He's giving Nick a run for his money. I think he's like really turned a corner. I think this might be his season. And I've always been a big fan of Derek because I think he just seems like a really normal person for Bachelor World. Yeah, Derek seems a little a little too normal almost. Like too normal for Bachelor? Yeah, he's he's just like, I don't know. He, he just seems like a, a decent guy. He, he reminds me of the actor that played in that show Chuck, who also, oh, I'm forgetting what his name is. He looks just like him. But, yeah, he, he obviously had, uh, had heartbreak after he got engaged last season and it didn't work out. But I'm not really sure he, he really drives the show. No, he definitely does not, and he's not that kind of personality, but I think sometimes it's nice to have that, like, calming normalcy amongst all the craziness. That is true. So let's let's dive right into the craziness, because the lightning rod of this season so far has been Blake. For those who don't know, Blake was the runner-up in Becca's season. Becca, who was a bachelorette that I personally didn't care for, and right now he's causing the shitstorm of all shitstorms. And there's a lot to talk about here. So let's start from the beginning. Blake comes in and he's got drama with Christina and Kaylin. He makes a move on Hannah G and then uh, is embroiled in this Kaylin drama. So what were your thoughts uh, from week one with Blake? So I think I see a lot of sides to this story. So I think there are a lot of things he could have done better that seem very obvious that he should have done, meaning... He knew that everyone, all these people were coming, or at least he knew that Kaylin for sure was coming on Paradise. So the smart thing would have been to at least have a conversation before and be like, let's make sure we're on the same page. Let's not bring this up. Same thing with Christina, same thing with everyone involved. But he seemed to just hope and assume that everything would just blow over and people would ignore it, which we all know doesn't happen even in real life. No. So I think that was his first problem. Um, I think Kaylin was being a bit dramatic and also she didn't say anything to him until 
you know, like a day or two into it, which just made everything much worse. But I also think he's, it seems like he's getting like all of the hate here when I think there's kind of equal share of the blame. Okay, so yeah, so the text messages, right? So he then goes on Instagram and posts text messages between him and Kalen, giving a look behind the curtain in terms of what they're at you know, interactions actually was like. Because Kaylin made it seem like that Blake made it, that she was like this mistake when they fooled around that one time at uh, Stagecoach. By the way, I got to get to Stagecoach. Oh my God, it literally sounds like the party of the century. Party of the century. But anyway, so Kaylin comes in crying her eyes out the, the entire first two hours, or I should say first two episodes first four hours of the show Blake has disrespected her basically called her a mistake won't even talk to her and then the text messages kind of well not kind of show that Kaylin was basically lying about the whole thing which she said on the show right so I think I mean obviously he was only showing us some text messages so we have sure to of course infer that there are certain things that we don't know so I get that But I also think that because of her past that she shared, you know, on TV, and it's a terrible thing that she went through, I think people are very quick to jump on Blake and kind of just put all the blame on him, where I think I don't necessarily agree with him sharing the text messages, but I do understand him thinking that he kind of needed to clear his name a little bit to show like, you know, this was consensual, this wasn't all on me, I wasn't taking advantage of someone, you know, especially with her past. And not just that, she initiated the sex. She wanted it more than him from from what the text messages show. Like, she was like, you know, I'm coming over and and, and it's getting down to business. Right, and he was the one that was like, no, we're just going to cuddle. And she was like, no, 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 no cuddling. We're not slut-shaming here. You know, do what you want to do. We're we're a sex-positive podcast over here. But, like, then don't make it that, like, he took advantage of you. Like, that's not right. Right. I think, I mean, it's just silly, in my opinion, to be so, like, strong-headed about something that you know that we could find out the proof that that's not actually what happened. But maybe she never thought he would release the text. Which he should not have, by the way. I am not for releasing, you know, private conversations. Private conversations should stay private. Having said that, though, and we're not going to get into greater societal issues over here, girls can get away with a lot if they just fib a little bit, considering we never presume people innocent until proven guilty anymore. And it's just not okay. So, Kaylin, shame on you for trying to pull that garbage Yeah, don't release the text messages, but I kind of move a little bit more towards Blake in terms of in terms of how this went down than than at least initially. Now, outside of this, Blake is a character. What are your feelings about Blake at the moment from a woman's perspective? So I think, well, initially, why I think people were, I mean, he's obviously good looking and I think he has this sweet, innocent goofiness. And I think that's what really charms women because he doesn't seem threatening. He doesn't seem like he thinks he's hot shit. Like he's really seems like he's just very sweet and innocent. And I think that's what made him so upset and why he even released the text because he's so like his reputation is so precious to him. And this kind of just blew it up. Yeah, I I, I know his intentions were good, but his uh, his crisis management is is not not great. He he needs a little bit of a, a PR team. But even beyond that, a couple of things I have against Blake. One, if you know you're going on a beach dating show, 
you gotta mix in some push-ups, dude. You I gotta agree. mix in some yeah. push-ups and some sit-ups because, listen, not everybody is in in great shape or whatever, and I and I get all that. But if you're gonna be touted as the guy who's gonna run on the beach shirtless, like in week one, you can't you can't have that kind of chest, man. You gotta tighten it up. Listen, he was doing too much drinking at stagecoach. He didn't have time. You always make time. There's enough time for for 200 push-ups, a couple of sit-ups, like drink tequila instead of whiskey or beer. Just there are things to do. I mean, come on now, you got to prep for this. Like if I was on this show, I would be making sure that all my stuff was tight, tight to the max. Yeah, you'd be like Clay. I would be like Clay. Be like Clay, John Paul Jones. You know, I, I I take this seriously, and especially if the camera adds 10 pounds, you can't be looking not great if you're going to have your shirt off constantly. I mean, maybe you should the just keep qu- his shirt on a little bit more. And he also is a terrible dresser. Yeah, but I think that, like, goes with his whole, like, goofy, like, n- almost nerdy persona that I think that's what people like because he's just so non-threatening. I just don't get it. I don't get it. He looked like way too much of a softy on Becca's season, and now, I mean— He's got himself in this crazy web that, you know, no guy wants to be in. And considering that we've all had situations where we think it's one thing, the other person thinks it's another thing, and things blow up in our face, you just want to avoid that altogether. But I don't really see the appeal. Before moving on, uh, I want a a quick bon voyage to uh, Annalise. And we got to trash Annalise for a second. Oh, Annalise. She does not learn her lesson. She's like the worst type of person. I agree. First of all, she's she's not even trying to talk to other guys. All she's doing is talking about Clay and Angela, which, like, they broke up three months ago. He's allowed to move on. Like, what is your deal? And even if they'd broken up right before the show, who are you to come over and tell somebody you're not on the, on the show for the right reasons, as opposed to trying to find your – yourself somebody else to make connections with which she's like openly trying or at least she says she's trying to do but she never does and then she goes in and gets all emotional to clay that you're not here for the right reasons and she's just a disaster also she made herself like the like ethics police like she was saying i feel like i have to say something i have to say something and then she's like well i didn't want to do it before his date but i did and then demi's like but why did you then? Oh, was that was the best. That was the best. When Demi goes over the top and said, I didn't want to do this, but I felt like I had to. And she goes, so why did you do it? And just calling her out on her bullshit. That was fantastic. Yeah. Demi really always has the answer. Yeah. Demi, uh, she's like a five-tool player. Annalise, she's for sure going to be the woman who's single in her late 60s with like – Seven cats. Oh, she is the biggest cat lady there ever was. Attention, all you women out there. Don't be like Annalise. Just don't. Christina Shulman. Where to begin? I'm gonna let I'm gonna give you the floor right now because I want you to talk about Christina because obviously I have, you know, certain feelings about Christina. So I'm gonna let you start. Okay. Well, firstly, I'm just not sure if everyone on this podcast knows. But Christina Shulman has watched Aaron Jovanes' Instagram story about her. So I just feel like that needs to be said. That's correct. So that's number one. Um, listen, I happen to think Christina's beautiful, very classy, very intelligent. 
I think her only downfall, and I'll see what your thoughts are on this, is that she seems to be putting herself in these dramatic situations where no one's going to win. Yes, I agree. I personally think Christina is like my dream woman. She's smart. She's beautiful. She doesn't take any shit. She's a little bit of a badass. She's got a quick wit. Uh, I mean, at the rose ceremony, that dress that she rolled up in, oh, oh my God. But she just has terrible taste in men. Terrible. Yeah, and she's such a smart girl, so it's such a shame to see her, like, really always just choose the wrong guy. It's it's really a shame. Now, now this question needs to be answered. On a scale of 1 to 10, where do you rate my chances of wooing Christina? I mean, based <laughs> off of her, her choices so far, I mean, I think it's looking really good. I think you're like an 8.5 right now. Oh my God! That would that would if she responded to any of my uh, Instagram stories that I do recapping the show that I tag her in. I I don't know what I'll do, but the woman who's the apple of everybody's eye on this season is Hannah G. She's kind of like the female Blake at the moment, which is ironic because she and Blake are mixing it up a little bit. So, what what are your thoughts on Hannah G? So my thoughts on Hannah G are as follows. I get that she's beautiful and looks like a Barbie doll. I get that. And so I get that she's the type that everyone would be into. And it's possible that this is her edit, but she seems to have no personality whatsoever. None. And she just kind of seems like a pretty girl walking down the street. I also think that she, this is like almost reverse, <laughs> reverse chauvinism in a way, but like if any guy did what she's doing, for example, Blake, she would get so much flack for it. And she, they kind of just, I mean, I know the girls are starting to get annoyed at her, but she kind of just gets away with it because she's like, oh, I'm just like, a little, I'm a girl and I can get away with it and it's fine. Like, I'm going to kiss Will, I'm going to kiss Blake, I'm going to kiss Dylan, and like, it doesn't matter. I don't think she's as innocent as she's trying to come off as, and I think that it's going to backfire on her. So are you saying that women get more of a slack than men? In this Kate, totally. By the way, so everybody out there, the Me Too movement, that's all a crock of shit, all right? Just watch Bachelor in Paradise. You don't understand why. I'm just – I just had to get that off my chest. But <laughs> but I don't see the appeal. Like, like there are people who I speak to, guys that watch the show, who think that she's like the hottest contestant ever. Like she's pretty, but I just don't get it. I don't I get it. I think she looks like a little girl. Like, it's almost creepy to me, honestly. She does have nice eyes. Beautiful eyes. She does, but she's also, like, a doorknob. When Blake asked her what her favorite food was, and she says the charcuterie board, like, first of all, that's not one food, and that's not something that anyone said. And then Blake's response was, me too. A preposterous answer. But what do you expect Blake to do at that point? Like, he kind of has to say, ah, me too, like, because he's so taken aback. Why can't he say what his favorite food is, like a normal human? Well, I would have said, if she said that to me, maybe it's just who I am. Like, that's a lie. Stop lying to me. That's a ridiculous answer. (laughs) It's also not even that it's a lie. It's like, that's saying multiple foods. It's like, my favorite food is cereal. Like, that could be a hundred different cereals. Like, you can't just say that. You need to give a specific answer. And also, there's no way that that's her favorite food. That is ridiculous. She, But she's the hot commodity right now between Blake, Dylan, Jordan asked her out on a date and got, you know, denied. The whole thing between Blake and Dylan, how do you see that 
shaping up with Hannah G. So I don't know if you watched the teasers, but it looks like there was some shading, even more shadiness that we didn't know about that maybe Blake and Hannah were hanging out before. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and I just think that Dylan really seems so pure and sincere about how much he likes her and really wants to get to know her. And like, yeah, she's definitely a stage five clinger, and I think it's getting to her a little bit. But I think he actually seems to be genuinely into her when, on the other hand, you have Blake, who maybe likes her, but also likes seven other girls on the beach. So I don't really know which direction it's going to go, but I have a feeling Hannah's going to screw Dylan over. Yeah, I mean, Blake said on the beach that he's basically going after Hannah G. Like, that's ba- that's his his plan. And maybe he's just saying that just to, just to say it. But Dylan... As a guy, I've fallen for a girl super hard, super fast. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do it, but at a certain point, man, it's just too much. And I say this having been guilty of this. Like, it's just too much. Especially on a show like this, like, that doesn't work. You can't do it. There's there's just too much going on. Right. Dylan Especially needs to with- back his shit up a little bit. Right. I mean, especially with the girl on the beach that everyone wants. Like, it's one thing if you find someone that you hit it off and you're fine. Like, there have been couples like that that have hit it off since night one. But when it's the girl that every single person that walks on wants, you just, you got to play the game a little bit, even if you don't feel that way. You got to play the game. And you got to understand that this isn't normal dating. This is like you're incentivized to try things out. You you can't just, like, be all in. You know, put your eggs in one basket and then all of a sudden expect it to, like, really turn out well. I mean, it it happens, but it's infrequent. I mean, dude, watch the show. You've seen what goes on. Right. And in that sense, I think Hannah does have a little bit of a leg to stand on because what she keeps saying is, like, I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket. I want to kind of see all the people that are coming. And in that sense, I agree with her. But, like, you know, we've all been there where, like, you feel a connection with someone. And then if at that point he's saying that this is the only person he wants to be with, then what else is he going to do? He's going to just, like, sit around by himself like he was doing last night. Well, no one sat around by themselves better than Cam when Big Mike took Kaylin on the date. I mean, that was some scary shit right there. It's tough. Like, you don't want to see another guy kissing the girl you like, but at the same time, you know what you signed up for. And I can't believe, like, I'm pro-Blake and Hannah doing what what they're doing because that's not normal behavior. But here I am leaning more towards them in terms of sympathizing with them. It's 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 wild. This is what Bachelor in Paradise does to you. It, it kind of warps your brain. Yeah, it's like what they always say on even The Bachelor and Bachelorette when one, one of the guys or one of the girls says, you know, it's just really hard for me that you're dating other people. That's the show you signed up for. So you kind of deal with it. It's just a little a little craziness. One of the people who are bringing the noise, who we alluded to earlier, is Demi, who to me is like a five-tool player in baseball in terms of contestants on this show. When all said and done, where is Demi going to rank in terms of Bachelor in Paradise contestants or um, characters? Because I think she's going to be right at the top. Yeah, I think she is the queen of Paradise. As she will go down in history. She's almost become, she's become the narrator. I think Chris Harrison is like not even involved, and Demi is now the narrator. She narrates every scenario in the moment and then behind the scenes. And I really think she's just, she's won over everyone. Everyone likes her. She has like the perfect amount of spunk, but she also can be serious when she needs to be. I just think she's the perfect candidate for Paradise. She's gorgeous. She's funny. She's slightly crazy. 
She dishes it. She may be bisexual. Who knows? Right now she's with Derek. They've teased that she, uh, and she's teased on Instagram that she also likes girls. She told Hannah Brown that she's, she kind of likes girls too. I mean, she's the complete wild card. She's the complete package. I love her so much. I agree. And she had one, a great line that you love when she, uh, when Chris at the rose ceremony picked Christina, she said Chris saved us from Annalise and chose Christina. Oh, no yes. No uh, have ever been spoken. Oh. Uh. Demi, Demi, she's she's just perfect for this setting. So it's week two. We've got some new guys. Some are arriving. Some have arrived. We've got Mike from uh, Hannah Brown's season. We've got Dean, who's got a, a history at uh, Bachelor in Paradise, who did something not so nice to my girl, Christina Shulman. So I don't like Dean. And we've got Jordan, who I am exceedingly fond of and think he's hilarious what do you think of the uh of the three new additions that have either come or coming and and where do you see their journeys going so i think mike is gonna be the new superstar i mean you saw how he walked on and every girl was drooling with their jaws on the floor so i definitely think he's gonna be uh, a heavy hitter in this Uh, in paradise and I think everyone's going to kind of be vying for his attention um Dean I mean I think we're going to see him tonight it's going to be very interesting to see where Dean fits in because I I don't think that him and Christina will be together because I think they have too much of a history I think we know because they've had spoilers that him and Kaylin eventually get together but I don't know if it's clear that they get together on paradise or after so it's going to be interesting to see where that goes and then Jordan I mean Jordan is like a fine wine. He just gets better with age, honestly. He is better this season than he was last season than he was the season before that. He just, he's great. I mean, he loved words, as he said. He loved words. So that's important. Jordan came in like a freaking tornado and was just hysterical. Yeah, I mean, he made a lot. He, when he said that he, he has to see what their laugh is when he first came in, that actually reminded me of your TV debut when uh, you were on that dating show and you spoke about how you had, their teeth are very important. I felt like he was channeling you, you know? Me, me and Jordan, I, I see a lot of, of me and Jordan where it's kind of like loud personality. Sometimes, sometimes can be a little much in the wrong setting, but ultimately, like, you're going to appreciate it at the end of the day. Jordan, I, I just love so much. Big Mike, that guy came in and he's going to be an assassin. An absolute assassin. So you just mentioned that I have this thing about about people's teeth. When I'm in my uh, my own dating world, like somebody's teeth is, is super important. It's just something that I notice immediately. Mike has gorgeous teeth and a great smile. Yeah, but it's going to be interesting because they're still lots of whispers about him potentially being the bachelor so it's gonna be interesting what his stint on paradise so i didn't i didn't know that where'd you hear that oh it's been everywhere it's pretty much i think it's down to mike and peter is what it seems like peter from hannah season hannah brown season this past one yeah Mm -hmm. by the way just quick tangent if you were hannah brown who would you have picked from the last three peter tyler oh so we disagree here I would have picked Peter. So Peter is the safe choice. But Tyler, if Tyler's in your presence, there's just no one else. But ultimately, if you're looking for, like, somebody who's going to be, you know, your forever, I I really think that Peter was the most genuine of them all. I mean, I like Tyler, too. But, of course, she picked Jed like a loser. But whatever. 
Yeah, I mean, that would be a whole other podcast that I can go on for hours about, but yeah. So <laughs> there was a a scene, I'm not sure if you caught this, that I thought was hilarious. So, D, uh, not Dean, I'm sorry, Jordan takes Nicole, who was vibing with Clay, right, out on mm-hmm. a date. And Clay's obviously like, you know, it sucks. He's he's kind of pissed because the the woman he's vibing with is is now in hot demand. But did you notice the quote-unquote jokes he told to... Oh, my God. It was terrible. Oh, my... Horrible. On a scale of 1 to 10, how cringy? Because I, like, visibly squinted. I mean, he just kept repeating the same joke in a different... Like, with different words over and over again. And then all the people around him were awkwardly laughing because they felt badly and they didn't know what else to do. It was... So, okay. So, hold on. So, do you think Taisha and the women felt badly so they left or were they just like too dumb to realize that these jokes were not funny i think the first joke he made they laughed genuinely and then when they realized that every subsequent joke after was the same just swapping out words i think they felt badly for him and realized that he was just doing it because he was like insecure and felt awkward so then they awkwardly were laughing oh it was was so bad plus the fact that you know sports and for example, you use basketball, like somebody comes out of nowhere to block your shot. It's not coming out of nowhere. That's what happens. <laughs> People play defense. The analogy was just so off. I I thought it was so funny. Just two things I need to say about Nicole, because I feel like no one's talking about her, but they should. First of all, whoever put that GoPro camera on her needs to be put away, because that was a terrible angle for her, and I'm sure she's not happy about how that went. That's oh, my one. God. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> Just a terrible. terrible look. An ugly also, screamer, just just awful. Oh, yeah. And then also she just made herself look so pathetic when Jordan asked her out and she kept saying, like, wait, Jordan came off picking me? Like, she made it seem like she was, like, the nerdy fat girl in high school and he was, like, the jock prom king, like, asking her out. Like, it was, it was like, too over the top. Yeah, it was it was a little much. Plus the fact that Jordan said, "I'm not proud of this, but she was not my first yeah. choice." Oh, yeah. But she didn't hear that, so we no. Can't but it was so part. funny when he said it because, like, he would say it, and I I understand. But but Jordan's gonna have a little bit of a weird time here because because Nicole kind of really likes Clay. He's sort of stuck on an island, Jordan, but for some reason I think that he's going to stick around because you can't get rid of him so much. So obviously there's an episode going on. Bachelor in Paradise is Monday nights and Tuesday nights. So what do you anticipate going down? What are well, some I predictions? The the Dylan, Hannah, Blake love triangle come to a head, at least for now, because I think it's going to come out that you know, Blake and Hannah saw each other before and Hannah's going to look like a bit of a liar because she didn't say anything. Um, and I think we, I think they, it made it seem like Dean's coming tonight and I'm sure there'll be some other new arrivals. So, um, I mean, I think the whole point of paradise is you never know because you never know who they're going to bring on and then who's going to, as they love saying the season vibe with each other. So I'm just excited because there are so many more people they can just pull out of the woodwork that we have no idea that could just cause so much drama that I'm excited for every episode. Must watch television. The unintentional comedy is through the charts. I can't get enough of it. To say it's a guilty pleasure would be doing it a disservice. It's just enjoyable. Agreed. Agreed. I think everyone needs to get in on it because it really just 
it's it's a summer. It really just changes your summer for the better. I couldn't agree more. Anyway, Lizzie, I know you were in the back of an Uber drive, driving home from, from work. I've kept you for about 40 minutes talking about Bachelor in Paradise, which you we would do normally, but you know, given the time of the day it is, I really appreciate you coming on. How do you think your your podcast debut went? I mean, I think it was okay, but I guess the, the listeners are going to have to tell me how it went. Well, everybody, uh, make sure that you give Lizzie uh, some feedback and got uh, an episode tonight where you're obviously going to have to recap. All right, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure, always a pleasure. It was a long time coming. I was excited and happy to do it, and we're gonna, we may have to do it again sometime soon. All right, I'm waiting for it. Awesome stuff. Uh, First-time guest, special guest, Elisa Verstendig, talking Bachelor in Paradise. It was a great one-off episode. I tremendously enjoyed it, had a great time. And that is episode 53 for the love of the game. You're going to hear more uh, sports-related content going forward. Take us out, Drizzy. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.